Happy Thursday. It is 439, almost 440. Thanks for tuning in here to NL Newsday. Now, a lot of items being discussed and debated in the B.C. legislature this week. To talk a little bit about some of them, please to welcome to the program now the MLA for Kamloops South Thompson, Todd Stone. Todd, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time, as always. Lots on the table to uh, talk about here, so uh, let's just get right to it. Now, sure. uh, yeah, the, the, obviously the big piece of, of conversation that we've all been having as a, as a country, really, and, and particularly as a community here in Kamloops, is, is the whole discovery at the Kamloops residential school system. And I know there were, were some ministerial statements that were made. We heard from the Premier. Uh, we heard from um, Liberal House Leader Peter Millibar, you know, talk about the situation briefly in the houses or in the legislature as well. And I know you had the pleasure of, of uh, delivering a prayer today, um, thanks to uh, getting the blessing from Cookby Roseanne Casimir as well. So uh, I'm just curious, you know, from your standpoint, I mean, how, how difficult of a, of a past week has this been? Important conversations, obviously, but really challenging ones to have. Well, it certainly has been one of the most challenging uh, weeks in my eight years here in the legislature. Uh, challenging from the perspective of just uh, the the weight mm-hmm. of of what we're all we're all um, trying to wrap our heads around. Uh, and and look, uh, having had a, a number of conversations now with uh, uh, with, with chief and council and and uh, and uh, elders and. Uh, you know, community leaders and, and so forth over uh, those eight years, uh, I can say without any uh, doubt whatsoever that, that, that I have a heck of a lot more to learn. And I think all of us do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really feels like we're at a place uh, uh, where we really need to, to do um, a better job listening uh, to our Indigenous uh, brothers and sisters. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously we, we deeply, deeply mourn uh, the, 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 these children, uh, 215, um, and, and frankly, there's likely, uh, we're likely to see that number increase in, in the, you know, the weeks and months ahead. Um, so, yes, uh, you know, a, a very, uh, a, a very a somber uh, mood uh, here, but I, I also will say this, I think, uh, having listened to uh, a number of, of fellow MLAs like Ellis Ross, who's a, a former high school leader up in uh, Stikeen, and Adam Olson, who's a Green Party MLA, and also a, uh, an Indigenous uh, uh, individual from uh, Saanich on Vancouver Island, uh, you know, I think there's a there's more of a will uh, for everybody to come together today, uh, more impetus to actually uh, truly meaningfully engage in reconciliation than than there ever has been. Uh, so hopefully that's what comes out of uh, out of this uh, this tragic situation, and I think each of us has a responsibility to, to help make that happen. What what do you think? I guess is is the role right now of of the BC government in this? I mean, is it you know kind of listening? I mean, I don't think we're we're obviously still in the immediate aftermath here of the discovery, and, and we're all really you know trying to take our time and not overreact here and make sure that you know we do this right. Um, so, you know, is it listening right now and trying to find out what the best course of action is from a government standpoint? Because you don't want to be taking any knee-jerk reactions here. And um, obviously we want to be letting, you know, Indigenous people, Sequitmic people take the lead here. Yeah, and, you know, Peter uh, Millibar put it really well, and he spoke on behalf of our caucus on Monday uh, in the legislature. And, and you know, he said, uh, while it, it's a very difficult, uh, it's very difficult for us to find the right words uh, to convey the shock and the sadness and the hurt uh, that Indigenous peoples uh, are feeling, 
um, we have to find the words because we can't continue uh, the silence that allowed this to happen in the first place. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we've got to commit to remembering and honoring and healing and learning, um, uh, recommitting ourselves to reconciliation. Uh, uh, that involves a heck of a lot of uh, learning. Uh, from a practical perspective, uh, our caucus uh, earlier this week wrote to John Horgan and we asked him to uh, activate uh, one of the select standing committees of the legislature. It's a standing committee on Aboriginal affairs. It would have a representation from all three political parties in the legislature um, and they would conduct uh, their work on a nonpartisan basis. Um, the, the committee exists; it just hasn't been activated. Uh, in fact, it hasn't been activated by by uh, by this government for uh, the entire time they've been in power. So we're saying, look, that's one avenue uh, that we could we could bring everybody together in a nonpartisan way uh, and and um, taking the lead from Indigenous uh, uh, peoples uh, and and also recognizing that that every Every band uh, is, is, you know, is going to want to move forward in, in different ways, and and that's that's okay. Um, and but that that again comes back to uh, uh, to uh, doing a better job at listening. Um, so we, we've we've suggested that uh, uh, that select standing committee be activated, and uh, we also believe that um, you know one of the the very first things that the government of British Columbia could do, and we want to support the government in doing this, is to, um, again, at the direction of each of uh, BC's unique 203 First Nations bands, um, we think that we should work together to remove uh, any and all barriers and provide whatever resources are necessary to identify and repatriate the remains of children uh, to their home communities, um, and not just uh, from the Kamloops residential uh, school, but but the residential schools that uh, mm-hmm. that, that existed across the whole province. Um, that would be a, a very significant um, step, uh, in, you know, in, in terms of reconciliation uh, moving forward. And uh, you know, let's make sure that the resources uh, and, and the political will is there uh, to to uh, make that happen. Again, um, uh, taking the lead 100% from from our indigenous partners. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll leave that subject uh, there for now. But uh, yeah, obviously, a lot of work to be done on on that front and. Uh, work is only just start getting started for sure. Um, uh, okay, it's always difficult to shift gears after that, but I, I want to talk well, a little hey, bit. Jeff, yeah. uh, Jeff, let me let me let me say this as one final piece. Uh, in terms of shifting gears, um, uh, you know, in a positive sense, um, uh, you know, I always love to quote. Uh, there, there's a, a a document. It's called the the, the memorial to Prime Minister Laurier, and it was uh, actually a document that was written and presented in person. To, to Prime Minister Laurier when he visited Kamloops in 1910. Uh, and it was presented to him by the chiefs of the Shushwap, Okanagan, and Kuto tribes. And there's a sentence in there in this, in this, this memorial that just, uh, that, that actually Manny, former uh, Tecumseh chief, uh, Manny Jules, uh, uh, went over with me uh, many years ago. That has always stuck with me. Um, and it's, it's uh, we will help each other to be great and good. Uh, I, I think as we um, as we move forward in the spirit of reconciliation, that sentiment uh, might be a really good place to start. Todd, uh, thank you for that. And a couple of about an hour ago, I was speaking here with the past president of the the Kamloops Legion Branch Fifty Two, um, and I know uh, that your your opposition, the Liberal opposition here, has been calling for for funding from the province for our legions for quite some time, and they've been struggling 
really for the since the beginning of this pandemic, right? Not knowing exactly how things were going to shift and change and when they'd be able to fully reopen. I know the, the Legion here in Kamloops has been open, um, you know, intermittently over the course of the last 15 months, but it's still been a, a real challenge. The B.C. government finally announcing yesterday one and a half million dollars for legions across the province. Probably not a whole heck of a lot in the grand scheme of things, but still better than nothing. Uh, just, I guess, what was your reaction to seeing that announcement yesterday finally come through after, you know, months of calling on this? Yeah, we, we actually were on the government about this for a couple of months. We we received uh, a letter from uh, the uh, BC and Yukon command of, of the, the the legion, and uh, and and it was hard not to uh, you know just really scratch your head when you when you read the letter. It, it's uh, it it was mind blowing that this government would uh, in coming out with the circuit breaker grant, which is intended to was intended to support. Um, uh, businesses and organizations like restaurants that that have kitchens and rely on on food and alcohol sales and so forth. Uh, that in the in the spirit of 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 what that that grant was 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 created for, uh, that they would not make it available to to legions. Legions uh, derive a significant amount of their revenue in, in able to stay open in order to stay open from uh, you know the, the the hospitality services that they provide the food and beverage services that they have right the ability to hold events those kinds of things and so it was just mind-blowing that they weren't included um, they were ineligible to to receive funding so we hammered away at it hammered away at it here in the, in the legislature and and thankfully uh, yesterday they announced the 1.5 million that you mentioned fair enough I mean we're thrilled that uh, they've come through for the legions um, but again, as this government does far too often, um, you know they, they, they've even bungled the file at this point, uh, and and they've done that um, insofar as they've they have not included in the eligibility for um, for funding, which they've extended to legions. They haven't included uh, the uh, the 18 Army, Navy, and Air Force um, uh, veteran units which exist in the province, including one in Kamloops. Uh, they're very similar organizations to the Legion, uh, and they have um, they're all veterans, uh, whether you're in a Legion or in Anavets, you're, you're, you're a veteran, uh, you have a hospitality component to uh, uh, to your units and uh, food and beverage service and those kinds of things uh, so, you know, today we went after the government pretty hard to, to just say, look uh, you know, good on you for, for following through on the, on the Legion piece but uh, you kind of step up and do the same thing for uh, for for all the Anavets clubs uh, around the province as well, and it wouldn't amount to a you know a, a number that's going to break the provincial budget, uh, but it would be absolutely the right thing to do, and it would demonstrate that uh, you know uh, veterans are going to be treated equally regardless of whether you're um, actively involved in a legion or actively involved in a, in the Anavets. So I guess, I mean, the conversation then is probably not done just because of this one and a half million coming through. I mean, there's obviously uh, still more of a push that you, you think probably needs to be made here. Yeah, no question about it. And, and again, it's, uh, you know, Ravi Callan just has this amazing ability to sound like he knows what he's doing. And then you get into the fine details and realize uh, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure most days if he really truly uh, is on top of his files. Uh, he, he claimed in, in, in answering questions on this today that, uh, that the government hadn't received any letters from uh, Anavet's organizations uh, you know, requesting support. Well, that's just not true. We've got copies of, of a whole bunch of letters from different Anavex units across the province that were pleading with the government to uh, step up and, and, and provide some support, help them you know, get through this pandemic. Uh, and, and even if that wasn't the case, 
surely, you know, the government, uh, when we're talking about veterans here, the government would, would, would be in a mindset, you would hope, uh, of just proactively wanting to reach out. And, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to uh, put some, some grant money on the table to help veterans, let's make sure we cover off all the different uh, veteran organizations. Um, they didn't do that here. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to continue to, uh, to highlight this until the, the government steps up and does the right, to, the right thing, um, which is to extend the eligibility for the circuit breaker grant to, mm-hmm. uh, to Anavets, uh, um, like they did yesterday with Legions. Yeah, for sure. Um, NBC Investment Corporation, the Crown Corporation spearheading BC's new $500 million strategic investment fund. That is going to really be, uh, I guess, starting to really get to work in September. Uh, they're starting to put together the board now at this point in time. And uh, this is going to be, of course, a $500 million pot that's going to be used to help kickstart our economy, spark new businesses. It sounds really good on the surface, right? All, all things considered. But you have been calling on the NDP. Uh, you've been calling them out for not making NBC subject to freedom of information. So what is your concern right now as it relates to this NBC fund that uh, is going to be launching here in the, you know, pretty, pretty soon, a couple of months from now? Well, uh, let me just say this. There's, there's two, two, two aspects of this uh, NBC, which uh, I I take great uh, issue with. First off, uh, I voted against it, uh, its creation in the legislature, and so did all of my, my opposition colleagues, and we voted against it for, for a range of reasons. But most importantly, uh, this is a high-risk venture capital scheme uh, that the, 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 the Premier is setting up. What, what effectively he, uh, he wants to do with, with half a billion dollars of taxpayers' money is he wants to take those dollars uh, and he wants to see them um, invested in extremely high-risk venture capital uh, investments. Uh, now, I'm a former tech CEO, and I know how this works. Uh, you know, when you're engaged in venture capital uh, investments, you can make a, a heck of a lot of money sometimes. Uh, you, you, get the, you make the right bet on the right company, but way more times than not, uh, you can lose your shirt. Uh, and so I just don't think that, that the government of British Columbia, certainly not an NDP government, uh, should, uh, you know, should, should be trusted with half a billion dollars of taxpayers' money. Uh, on, on high-risk venture capital investments. Um, number two, uh, on the FOI piece, uh, I mean, obviously the NDP have two votes to every one of ours, so they passed it with no problem in the legislature, uh, uh, which then you know means we, we now focus on making sure that there's transparency and accountability uh, in the investments that they make. Well, uh, lo and behold, uh, as they set this up, uh, they, they, they put it right in the, the legislation that... Uh, uh, NBC is not subject to the province's freedom of information legislation. Um, they also have been very clear that they're not going to share the business plan for NBC with British Columbians. They're not going to share what are called um, investment impact scorecards, which are the scorecards that are used to determine which investments they're going to make or not. Uh, meaning British Columbians who are putting 500 million bucks of their of the taxpayers' money on the table aren't going to have, uh, you know, any, any ability to, to, to actually see uh, how, how this money is being, is being risked. Um, that's not right. And certainly the FOI piece is, um, is ridiculous. Uh, the, the, uh, Robbie Callan, the Minister of Jobs, the guy responsible for this, he says, well, look, you know, all we're doing here is similar to, to a former corporation that, that existed called the BCA uh, Immigrant Investment Fund. Well, you know what? That did exist under our former government, but the funds that were in it were all private sector funds. They weren't public funds. Uh, the, the, this NBC scheme that, that John Horgan has set up is half a billion dollars of public funds. 
uh, it it should therefore uh, mean that the public should have a right to to see how these uh, these funds are being risked, and that can only happen if the corporation is subject to FOI, which the NDP says they have no intentions of doing. Well, and I guess one of the arguments the NDP would would make is that this is supposed to be an arm's length body that's going to be approving projects, right? So it's not it's not coming from them. They're not the ones who are doing the work. They're not the ones approving projects. It's it's an outside agency, I guess, would be their argument. What would be your response to that? Well, that's nonsense. Uh, they've stacked the board of of, of NBC with uh, uh, a majority of people that are uh, tightly aligned to the NDP. Uh, they've they've got uh, Carol James. Have you ever heard that name? Mm-hmm. Carol James uh, is on is on the board. A former NDP leader and deputy premier. They've got um, uh, two deputy ministers uh, that uh, are deputy ministers today. That um, you know they work for the government of British Columbia. They're not going to vote against the the mandates that they're providing. Uh, the um, a, a financial economist or a, a, the chief uh, economist of of the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, uh, a left-wing think tank, uh, a woman with uh, extremely tight ties to the NDP is on there. Uh, an advisor to Ravi Callan, the Minister of Jobs, is on there. I mean, it goes on and on. A guy that donated $63,000 to the NDP uh, is on the board. So, uh, you know, yeah, I got a big problem yeah. uh, with that uh, with that piece. And, um, you know, anyone who believes that they're going to be making independent decisions when they are told, uh, by the way, uh, that there's a very specific lens, a mandate that uh, that they have to uh, look through uh, when making investments. Um, uh, is uh, yeah, I got I got some oceanfront property in Arizona for you, <laughs> Todd. As always, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate you coming on the show, and and always lots to talk about and lots to break down there. So thank you so much. Lots of lots of great responses. So I appreciate your time, and we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, stay cool up there. I hear it's hot, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon, Jeff. Yeah, we might get some rain this weekend, so that might cool people off. There you go. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> All right, there's Kamloops South MLA Todd Stone. Lots to break down. We had a number of things on our uh, conversation list, and we only got to about half of them. So my thanks to Todd for coming on the show. And you know, always a challenging way to start when when looking at what's going on at the within Kamloops when it comes to the residential school, but. Again, obviously, the this needs to be brought up in the legislature, so that was done, and, and my thanks to Todd for talking a little bit about that. I know people don't want to hear two white guys talk about that for far too long, so um, my, my, my appreciation for him to speaking to it a little bit and also talking about Legion funding as well as this NBC Investment Corporation and the concerns that come with that. It's uh, pretty, pretty evident that uh, he's not too, too happy with the way that is being set up, and I knew that from the get-go, but... You know, he, I think he has some valid points. So my thanks to Todd, as always, for, for chiming in.